When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and game master. Heroes, we're continuing our adventure with downbeat autumnal spooky vibes in Babes in the Woods. I sincerely hope you're enjoying this series because I had so much fun playing it. And this week, we get to add our new player as we finally got the full cast that I had intended for this series. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get to the show. Alright, before we return to our tale, uh, we have a new player that we're adding to the mix, and that is Allie Grower. Hello. Wait, why did you say yay? Because oh, I, I like you. <laughs> <laughs> Allie. Hi. I, first of all, uh, uh, do you have any plugs that you would like to hit? Oh my gosh. Um, do I? Do we? I, did you do any? I mean, I did. You did. Okay. Hell, he, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't a piece of your writing recently appear in a magazine that people could go out and support uh, the magazine and by extension you? Absolutely, it did. I had a short story published recently in Apparition Literary Magazine, apparitionlit.com. In their recent issue 16, I have a short story called Lavender, Juniper, Gunpowder, Smoke, and it's available. Uh, the magazine is available digitally for like three about American dollars. It's not very expensive. There's only a couple of stories and a couple of poems in it. It's a very small issue. It's a cool one. You should check it out. The pieces are really good. I really enjoyed reading it. Yeah, everyone go out, uh, pick that up, convince the magazine that Hallie Grower sells magazines. I brought all these people in to buy the magazine. Mm-hmm. And do you you want you want to hit people with, with the elevator pitch for that story? Give them a little, a little oh, summary, a little, yeah. little, little amuse bouche. Amuse bouche. Yeah, lavender juniper gunpowder smoke is a story that I wrote uh, inspired by the events of being bullied in middle school, uh, which many of us can relate to. And uh, I don't know that our audience <laughs> full of cool jocks is going to be able to relate to that, but um, it's also about uh, being sure that you have magic inside of you, but not knowing what it is. And it's about how how smell, how how certain smells can really capture certain places and time periods and people in your life um, and how that is linked to the magic of the protagonist. Uh, in the story. Oh, I, I like it. Very There's also cool. a dragon made of candle wax. Okay, so oh. now we've got yeah, a dragon there, that in was the that. mix. Yeah. That's what people are after. They are reading, anytime anyone picks up any story, they're reading it on the off chance that a dragon appears. In yeah, it. right. Uh, that's how fantasy works, that's, right? That's not even just how fantasy works. If I'm reading a <laughs> newspaper, I'm going to be like, well, oh, yeah. I'll make it to the end of this article just in case a dragon shows up. Just in case, yeah. Um, Allie, yes. let's say that you are wandering an endless wood full of strange creatures uh, uh, and people for you to encounter. 
What lesson would you hope to learn from that experience that would ultimately help you escape the wood? That would ultimately help me escape the wood? Yeah. Yeah. You're there to learn a lesson for mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. I would hope to learn that I can I can always find the right key to a door. That like, Ooh. you know, whether that's an actual physical key or a metaphorical key that I can always find a way to move through something, to move past something. Um, That's kind of what I would hope to learn from that. Unless, unless I have the option to like learn that I am the chosen one and I can do whatever I want at this point because the magic has been within me all along. Interesting. Interesting. That's a shame. It's a shame that like you had that chambered, but didn't, didn't put it in immediately because you do have to learn the first lesson now. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I'm sorry, but we'll take it. We'll As accept. James throws you into the woods, we'll allow yeah. it. Yeah, you're, you're in the woods now, friends, because when we last left our intrepid party of kids, I believe it was our our dear friend Freya who was uh, moving off at the lead of the party to re-enter the woods and bring us to our next hollow. So Freya. I am going to need you to roll minus any fear plus any hope as you wander through the wood. Nothing. Oh, no. <gasps> oh, wow. These dice favored me last game, and now they're like, get fucked. Okay. What does that mean? That means I have rolled a five, which is bad. Uh, yeah. On a six or less, Ray you are separated to... from the group and confronted by the fiend. Great. So, holy crap, <laughs> we going right in, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bjorn's been through some. <laughs> yeah. So Freya, you are in the lead. Great. Um, but please describe, you know, me for me like Freya skipping into the woods like happily. Freya doesn't skip. Freya's an athlete. She runs. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I want to just want to make that clear. Freya is very serious about her astronaut training, mm-hmm. and astronauts don't skip. Well, they, they literally they, do. They do. That is like, how they move about on the moon. Space. They bounce. It's different. It's, it's different, James. I, I do think it is literally skipping, but all right, I am. You not, can't tell that to an eight-year-old. I am it's not different. an eight-year-old who wants to be an astronaut. Exactly. <laughs> I will defer to that expertise. Get it right, Freya. You know, when she runs around, she's got her. RC car tucked under one arm, the other hand free for whatever, and and just kind of dashing into the woods. I think there are some very lovely fall leaves falling to the ground, and she just kind of like runs through them and and really kind of enjoys the moment of freedom getting into the woods. Yeah, I, I think like you enter a part of the woods where the dried fall leaves are like, you know, piling up. So you're running is accompanied by like a crunch, you know? And you're running crunch, 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 and there's a moment where you trip. And like you get up when you you come to your uh, senses once more, you look around and as it happened with Bjorn before in the woods, 
it's as though the ghostly stick tree branches have blotted out much of the light from the sky. The only light that you can see is just barely crisscrossed with the branches above you, the silver and ghostly glow of the pumpkin in the sky with its mouth and eyes full of a deep and inky shadow. It glooms down on you alone now in these woods, unable to hear anyone around you. Um, what was what was your fear, your core fear again? <laughs> Mascots. <laughs> like here we go. <laughs> like the Easter Mall Easter Bunny. Uh, I think Gritty is pretty probably terrifying. Can for I offer her. something? Do you mind? Yeah, yeah. Uh, could it be that Freya, when you see this this open wood, um, there are just piles of mascots with nobody in them? Mm. Ooh, I would like to before we. I think that is a great image. I, I I would like to add something that kind of builds up to that. Oh, please. I think initially, what happens like. You really like you feel alone for a second. Like there is a thing where definitely, especially when you are a kid, there is the grip of fear that hits you when you realize that you might be alone. And usually this is something that dissipates very quickly after looking around a bit, seeing a familiar profile and collection of colors of, of, of your parent or siblings clothing. You realize, oh, I'm not alone. But occasionally that does not come quickly. And that feeling, that grip stays with you. Um, and Freya has that for, I I'm going to say, you know, a, a terrifying 10 seconds. It is the point before you decide to act on it in some way. Acting on it could be, you know, calling out for, for the people that you, you know, thought were right behind you when you entered the woods. Uh, it could be, you know, uh, going around to, to search, like, right before that transitional moment, you see off in the distance, in one of the directions you turned, two glowing eyes. Well, you've seen glowing eyes before on this adventure. Those were Oswald's eyes. Yeah, um, Freya absolutely calls out, Oswald, now's not the time. The eyes definitely like turn towards you, um, but they don't start moving towards you or anything. What are you doing? Also, wasn't it just like kind of sunny out? Oswald, what are you doing? Do you approach the eyes? Um, I think Freya looks around a little bit more uh, and also calls out, Bjorn, is this a joke? Uh, it, it's very hard to look around. Like the only light that you see anywhere is the light of the moon and the light of those eyes. Everything else is indistinct shadows of tree trunks and piles of leaves. Not a fun joke, guys. Come on. Okay. Um, so the question is, you know, you're here. Yeah, there are two sources of light. What do you do? Freya gets up from the leaves, assuming there's still a crunch underfoot. Mm -hmm and picks up the RC car and kind of hugs it and keeps trying to talk to the perceived Oswald in the distance and takes a few steps 
and I, I think the, those eyes like kind of loom slowly towards you. Um, eventually, the two of you draw close enough that Freya can see the silhouette of this thing that definitely reveals itself not to be Oswald because the eyes are sitting wrong. The eyes are weirdly on the side of this thing's head. It has a long kind of snout and a head that as it walks, it flops back and forth, back and forth in a way that feels very unnatural. It has uh, long hair that hangs down and occasionally brushes in front of its eyes, but definitely falls back over the side of its neck. And it has very weirdly bent joints um, that make these arms that loom out in the, the pale light that emanates from its own eyes. You can see they don't have fingers at all. They are hooves. This is a horse mascot costume. <laughs> Good. Vibe. Great. Cool. Um, Freya's probably kind of frozen in place. Does it continue to approach? Yes, it is now like walking in that way that mascots kind of walk where they it really has trouble ambulating quickly, but it is definitely moving towards you. Uh, yeah, I think she tries to start backing away a little bit. Okay, okay. I am going to have you roll a scoot away for me. Using different dice this time. I've been deceived. God in heaven, why is it so hard today? That's a three. So, yeah, that's not a good one. On a six or less, you don't escape. Describe an opening you hoped to exploit, and the narrator will describe how the path is closed to you. You know, from from the light of the moon, Freya knows that she is still in woods, and I think that, you know, despite the fact that the tree branches are covering the moon almost completely, uh, the pumpkin, I should say, there are still, I, th- I think, small needlepoint-like points, mm-hmm. and she attempts to follow some of them to try to get away. Okay, yeah. So, like, you move, like, try, trying to move at those light points, and, like, it's a thing where branches are getting in your face. Roots are gathering around your feet. The- there is more tripping in it, so you're trying to both move carefully and move quickly, and that can be really difficult, especially without the light on your side and eventually you step forward expecting there to be ground to meet your feet and there is no ground and you fall you fall and tumble and blessedly thankfully you think hit something soft you are unhurt physically but it feels like very suddenly in front of you in the ground, there there is a big hole, and flaring up from that big hole is something like a fire. There is an orange glow that very suddenly emanates out of this hole and lights up the whole area. And Drew, please describe for me an area of discarded mascot costumes. It is a a hollow of wood in which there are these mascot costumes 
Some are littered along the ground, trampled into the leaves and the mud. Others seem to have been hung up on the trees. The body of them, the bodies of them are kind of strung haphazardly everywhere. But the, the one thing is that they're all, all the heads are pushed together into a pile. They're all dirty and dingy and covered in, in leaves and mud. But yeah, there in the center of this, this clearing uh, of this hollow of wood, there is this pile of mascot heads. And Hun, the question that I have for you is, what soft thing did you land on? Oh, it's absolutely an Easter bunny. Because that's the first mascot that scared the shit out of her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Describe for me this Easter bunny. What's what's spooky about this this particular Easter bunny? Um, against one of the piles of other mascots, I think the the shape of this particular Easter bunny what looks as if it was sat upon a chair and she rolled right into its lap. Oofa doofa. Yeah. Um and I think like you realize that you're sitting in an Easter bunny's lap and of course the arms move to try and wrap themselves around you. Mm-hmm. So in this moment, I want to have you please mark one XP because you do get an XP. And after that, you are also going to mark a harm. Now you did not come to physical harm, but harm in this game is abstract. Uh, it includes mental and emotional harm. And I think you are just scared. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely terrified. This is a scary situation. Now, what are you going to do? What any child would do, scream and kick and try to run. Okay. Now my question, of course, turns to Allie. Allie, you hear in the dark wood a screaming child. Mm-hmm. What do you do? I'm going to run in there and find the source of the screaming and find out what's going on so I can I can save that kid. Got to save that kid. Yeah, you can see like there is, you know, in this very dark forest, very easy to find the source of this screaming because there is an orange glow in the area. Mm-hmm. Now, that might put you on edge a little bit, but like obviously a child screaming is going to, you know, overrun Every other instinct that you have, and I would love for you to just describe for me the moment, the glorious moment that your character bursts into the scene and also describe your character. Great. So Freya is in this Easter Bunny's, this like deflated Easter Bunny's lap, screaming and kicking and trying to get free. And there is a, um, it doesn't sound like thunder. Okay. Like not even remotely. It sounds more like when a dog has the zoomies <laughs> and it's running in the leaves and the grass, it sounds more like that than it does the thundering of hooves. Mm-hmm. But out of the darkness and over... Uh, it's got to be the pile of mascot heads. Yeah, over the pile of mascot heads, races and leaps gracefully what looks like a beat-up, paint-flaked-off-of-it hair kind of must and full of leaves and stuff. This toy horse. Now, a question that I have for you, Allie, about the toy horse is the mane specifically. Is Mm -hmm. that a carved mane or? Yeah, so this, which will become clear when we're out of danger, the coloring of, of this toy horse is not clear to you right away. It 
could be dappled gray, it could be white, it could be that the paint has completely chipped and faded away and it's brown, it's just wood underneath. It's an indescribable mush of faded color. There is a painted on saddle and like a little chest harness piece, painted on stirrups and a painted on bridle. The tail and the mane are not painted on. They are hair, they are like silk hair. Mm but they are old and tangled and threadbare. The tail is like really kind of like spiky and fluffy right at the base at the back. And then as it trails down to the ground, there's like one lock of it that's still the right length and all of the rest of it has been cut or burned or yanked out or whatever. It's really kind of ratty looking. And the mane, the forelock is really full and fluffy and comes down just over the horse's eyes. But as it goes down the neck, the back of the neck, the mane becomes more and more threadbare until it disappears completely. So this horse has not been kept in a place of honor. It's, it, this, this toy horse- <laughs> This horse is not a place of honor. <laughs> this horse has not been kept on a shelf or in a, in a case. This is a, this is a toy horse that has been lost and forgotten. Or more importantly, and hopefully something that we can all remember in our hearts, this is a horse that for a time was well-loved mm. and therefore shows the wear of a thing that is well-loved. Absolutely. And I'm going to point out that despite all of those flaws definitely existing within your form, in this moment right now, it's almost impossible to see them because what you are is a horse that has gloriously leaped over a pile of mascot heads and stops to rear as it is backlit by or yeah. by this fire so there is this big shadow of a powerful war horse yes. that is now looming what do you do so I leap over the mascot heads, slide to the bottom of the pile, rear majestically backlit by everything, ears pointed, facing forward, chest out, you know, back straight, head all the way up, and run forwards and do like a leaping kick to snap the the Easter Bunny's head out of your way. Kind of like you duck down as I leap forward and I kick the Easter Bunny's head out of your way. So I would like to... Is that a I, brave and heroic? I am going to say that, yeah, that this is probably brave and heroic. So here, here's the thing. We were talking about what we had recorded thus far before we started up recording again today. And we realized that for our group and the way that we've been playing this game, there is something specifically missing. Most of the the dangers and, and things that you'll encounter in an over the garden wall style thing are going to be social and therefore you don't need a lot of action oriented stuff. But we've had at least one moment in the story thus far where, you know, we wanted somebody to be able to take a risk in order to help people or accomplish something. So we've added our own move. We're going to see how it works out. And of course, you know, comp- Compliments and apologies to Adam Vass. Uh, uh, you know, this is, I think, just for our group, but we, we do intend to show off uh, the rest of the system uh, more in line with how the system goes. But right now, especially to introduce this character, I feel this is appropriate. So please mm-hmm. roll 2d6 and add your steam.
Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll! Heroes, I really hope you're enjoying this series on OneShot, and if you are, it is thanks to our backers on Patreon. OneShot, Campaign Skyjacks, and all of the other shows in the network are made possible in part by contributors from Patreon. They help us pay performers, editors, musicians, and they help staff like me and Tracy Barnett live our dreams in a creative field. So if you like what you hear and you want to keep hearing more, head over to patreon.com slash OneShot Podcast and sign up to be a supporter. Before we get back to the show, I'm going to take a quick moment and thank some of our backers on Patreon. Penny Van Batavia, thank you so much. Ash Cancel, thank you. Cat, Skyguided Vulpine Friend, thank you. Matt, thank you so much. Eric Levitt, thank you very much. Kay, thank you. Moosenstein, thank you very much. Trivia Kit, thank you. Rachel Callagher, thank you very much. Boss Moogle, thank you so much. Michael Renner, thank you. Isaac Meyer, thank you very much. Minx, thank you so much. And Sean Hendrickson, thank you. Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon. Without you, uh, you would not be hearing this. Now, if you do happen to be a backer at the $5 level or more, you are hopefully currently enjoying the new Skyjack's bonus series, Skyjack's Azure Blues. That is a bonus series starring myself, Patrick Rothfuss, and Amy Vorpal. It's an incredible cast, it's an incredible story, and the new episode drops this week on Thursday. So if you're not subscribing already, head over to Patreon, hit subscribe, and help us make these shows. And now, with all that out of the way, let's get back to the show. It's a seven. So seven, uh, that is a partial success. On a seven to nine, you are going to be able to get someone out of immediate danger or claim an item, but you have to choose one, and that is to take a harm. Your actions introduce someone's fear. You lose one use of an item, or you get caught in the danger yourself. Hmm. I think, so I think I leap over this child kick this Easter bunny's head back and out of the way. Mm -hmm. And as I come down from this leap, I fall into another mascot costume. Okay. Like I, I, I fall into one of the mascots. All right. This is getting into a danger yourself then. And I'm trying to think of what a good mask. I mean, it's a big wolf. It is a wolf mascot costume where they paid too much attention to the mouth. Yes. Um, It's like one of those things. I'm sure you've seen the videos rolling around on Twitter and Facebook of like the undressed, like furry animatronic mascot heads that people are making now (laughs) that have like real teeth and lips that will react to the wearer's face inside. It's one of those, but of course it's degraded to the point where it's back at that sort of like skeletal state where all you see are these terrible eyes and these horrible massive teeth. Yeah. And, you know, that starts looming in towards you. But I I think you have managed to get Freya out of immediate danger. So with that, I want to know, Freya, what do you do? This horse has leaped in and kicked this bunny in the face. Oh, boy. I mean, like like any kid in this situation, she's probably in a little bit of shock and trying to figure out what she's fallen into because the moment she looked up, all she saw was this bunny and she's looking around and seeing 
all of these other mascots lying around and her perceived savior now in the clutches of yet another mascot. And she is haunted by the dead, unmoving eyes of all of these first, like, just suits of nothing. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Let's see. So there is a move here mm. called Face Your Fear. And okay. in this situation, I think it is incredibly appropriate. You did have someone come in to just help you. True. This is a super tense situation. And I imagine Freya has been in a circumstance where she has been overwhelmed by fear before. I would like you to recount for me uh, a moment in your past where Bjorn was uncharacteristically helpful with you in a fearful moment. What was that? And there will be a reward for me making you do this. I'm trying to decide if this was like, if we were at like a sports ball game or uh, like a mall Santa kind of situation. What do you think would be more likely? I mean, it could very well be that mom and dad dragged us to a sports ball game. Yeah, and a no, nothing brings camaraderie like mutual suffering. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. We're we're from. What did I say? Connecticut. In Connecticut. <laughs> Why did I say Connecticut? Uh, <laughs> I don't know any sports team. We could have gone to a Red Sox game in Boston. Like, sure. Connecticut is not too far from. Let's go from to Boston. Oh, I, 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 formal apologies to anyone from New England. I, Sorry. I do kind of like the idea of if this is minor league, like baseball. Oh, that's even I, worse. I know, I know a team. It's the New Haven Ravens. That's amazing. Oh, that's good. Perfect. I, I was. Is thinking... it a big spooky raven? Oh, yeah, it could be a, a, a big scoop, spooky, spoopy raven. That is, that is better than mine. Well, what was yours, James? I was thinking of making it the Connecticut Yankees in parentheses in King Arthur's Court. Amazing. So no. it's a really it's abstract a kind of like Mark costume. Twain in a night costume. Oh. <laughs> the, but <laughs> The New Haven Ravens are an actual team, and I've actually been to one of their minor league games. That's great. Okay, so it's a big raven. It's a it's a big raven. But since it's minor league, the stands are a lot smaller. Oh, much smaller, yeah. And very uh, intimate to the field. Mm-hmm. And we probably got excellent seats, unfortunately. And yeah, they they just I think Dad won some tickets from work. Said this sounds great, family outing. Forced us into seats right next to the exit where all the players come out, but also. An absolutely massive raven costume. Big, big eyes, big like open beak too. So. Yeah. yeah. It probably had like a weird floppy tongue that abs- just oh, oh, yeah. dead eyes, floppy tongue, flappy bird wings. Really one of those mascots that like gets in your face. Yeah, and... yeah. Just like, what's up? Yeah. You know. So did, did Bjorn like shield you from it or like? I, I think... I think up up until now, this hasn't been a huge issue. Like there was the one big problem at the mall that the first mascot was, you know, the the Easter Bunny, and now this is that was months ago. Haven't really had to deal with it. Baseball season, late baseball season. Freya, sudden like out of the corner of her eye, sees this big floppy costume, turns, and chokes on the soda that she's drinking. And I think you are the only one that notices. Yeah. And this is you, whatever you do is going to be helpful. 
So what I think happens is you choke on your, your soda, you start coughing, nobody notices that you're coughing, and it's one of those coughs that like you can't, you can't stop, and the first time that really happens to you as a person, you're like, am I dying? Mm-hmm. Am I, mm-hmm. I, will I just cough until I die now? And it's a scary moment. And mom and dad don't notice, nobody else notices, I notice. And it's one of those pat you on the back to like make you know make sure that your your airway is clear. And I think it's just that Bjorn is there saying you're going to be okay. Mm. It, this is this happens. It's okay. You're fine. Just breathe. And then he's just with you. Yeah, I think Freya even goes as far as like kind of tucking into you a little bit, into your side, and like snuggling up and just finding that comfort and and like covering her eyes so she doesn't have to see this nightmarish bird. So in this moment, you are surrounded by just abject horror. Everywhere you look, there is mascot. And I think like there's enough dust in the air that, that it, you cough and that recalls this memory. And that is enough for you to steal yourself just a little bit. I'm going to ask you to roll 2d6 to face your fear. Normally when you face your fear, you roll at disadvantage, but I am not having you do that because you got a little bit of of Bjorn boost. Bjorn Bjorn boost. That's a six. Your fear is... Did you you say I'm getting XP from that? Yes, you are getting XP. So... 2 XP would let me do a reroll. Yeah, you can if you would like to do that. You Would are, that erase XP? How does that yeah, work? Yeah, that would erase XP. So that would consume all the XP that you just got. Stop deceiving me, dice. We were best friends the other day. Yeah, you were just you were just knocking up those tens. Oh, that's looking that's, better. Yeah. That's a 9. That's a 9. Okay. Hey, there we go. So, on a 7 to 9, you can choose one. Um you can succeed on your move as if you rolled a 10 plus, or you can reduce your fear by one since you don't, you're, you're, you're definitely going to be marking fear after this whole circumstance. Yeah. But you, you don't really have fear to reduce right now. Mm. I think this is probably a scoot away situation where you're, you're going to get you and you, this horse away safely is kind of my interpretation. So. Okay. I want to know what what is what does Freya do? Yeah, Freya remembers that situation with Bjorn. Remembers uh, the comfort of having someone near. Realizes that this horse needs someone right now, and she's the only person there. And it emboldens her a little bit. She she's like, "This is a nightmare, but this is also a nightmare for them. We're you know compatriots in that." So instead of being scared, I, I think I'm going to get a little angry that we're both, that, that this other thing is b- being burdened with this as well. So she decides to run over after giving the Easter Bunny one last kick in its perceived junk. Uh, she moseys over to this wolf and grabs its floppy arms that really aren't doing all that much. Yeah. Throws them wide, grabs this horse, like throws an arm around the neck. How big is... Yeah, so this is the kind of toy that would have been ridden by a child. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how tall is Freya? 
Oh god. Freya's... I know she's eight, but like how tall is she? Uh, eight years tall. Eight years. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> how tall is an eight-year-old? I don't I, know. I think this toy like is the feet? size of like a, a, a good-sized dog. Okay. It's a big ride-along toy. I think she could at least like grab you and, and tug you hard enough to get you out of the grasp of this thing. So she, with an arm around your wooden neck, gives a good tug, and you both kind of tumble out of harm's way and stand up and run off. Yeah, so you, like, exit this clearing, and I I think you're now, you know, moving through the ground. And again, it is not thunder, but there is more weight behind it as, as these wooden hooves pound into the leaves beneath. And you can see behind you, chancing a look behind you, that something is rising up out of that clearing. It looks like it is a composite beast, an amalgamation of all of the discarded mascot costumes that have bound themselves together into a massive creature with glowing eyes and sharp teeth that is underlit by this orange-yellow fire beneath it. And it begins lumbering. It moves towards you and you can like see underlit by this, this terrible glow from beneath the decay of the costumes. And there is like a velvet black tidal wave that like is full of stars that produce no light that rolls behind it as it lumbers towards you. And this horse just runs faster and faster and faster faster than you imagine anything going and it seems like the forces behind you are are keeping up but this horse just keeps going faster and faster and faster and i would like before we conclude the scene i would like you to roll to make friends uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's an 11 yeah um they're back on my side I shouldn't say that. I'm going to jinx it. Yeah. Uh, n- normally, like, that that would be a move or whatever, but Allie is not an NPC. So I would just like uh, to see how did these two become friends as they're running away from this terrible danger together? I think when Freya pulls this toy horse out of the grasp of the wolf and they start to run, the horse tosses her head uh, boldly and the thick forelock of, of silky hair falls back into their eyes immediately, like the bangs of a small child Mm -hmm. and she she says very valiantly don't worry kiddo we're gonna get out of this thing just fine (laughs) perfect you're on this creature's back and i think now that like you're running away running away together it's perfect time to tell each other your names uh uh thanks um hi i'm 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 freya freya nice to meet you i'm muster and that thing doesn't know who it messed with. Just for my own edification. <laughs> yes. What is the locomotion status of Muster? Is it toy that wobbles back and forth in movement, or is it fully animated? So like like a Toy Story. I think that when Muster was a brand new toy, Muster originally had like a platform that she stood on with wheels, and then a guardian removed the platform and the wheels so that the horse was now freestanding for imagination play purposes, you know. And I think in the wood, 
this way, Muster can run with all four legs. Perfect. That's that's what I wanted to know. It's not a comfortable ride for you, no, but it no. is fast. Yeah. But luckily, I'm wearing a padded astronaut suit. You got a you got astronaut also, pants Google on. Also, Google has informed me that an eight year old child is about four feet tall. Okay, so I wasn't too far off. I think I said about four yeah. feet. Eight years tall. Eight, so. eight years <laughs> tall. Eight years tall equal four feet. Okay. Um, sometimes. Yeah, I, I think you look at this looming beast behind you. And then look forward at that this, you know, friendly talking horse that you've got your arms wrapped around her neck. And you take a moment just to, like, close your eyes against the fear of the situation. And when you open them again, you are walking out of the woods with all of your friends. Except on the back of a horse. And uh, I think that that's why Tolstoy and Dotayevsky are some of the best writers, but also rivals. And that's something that's really important to their writing. Oh my God. Oh my, oh my God. (laughs) Hello, chums. Uh, Who who, who are you? When did this person show up? Yeah, Freya, where'd you find the the horse? Oh, they just saved me. You were gone? Are these your soldiers? Kid, you've been walking with us the whole time. Mm, you say that, but I think I had I think I had a Bjorn moment. You would no, I would remember if both of you were talking about <laughs> Russian writers. No, 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 not that type of moment. The moment you know that when the when when he kind of disappears. Okay, okay. I don't do that very often. That's usually, that's. <laughs> well, you did it that earlier. Ha- that happened one time. I called it the Bjorn moment. It anyway, all the time around here. There was a monster. Well, we're remembering it as Bjorn moments. That's wait, for sure. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. If we see Bjorn get closer and go, are you, are you a tiny horse? Like, Well, yes. What kind of a question is that for a clearly tiny horse? And you're a very tiny man. What? Ooh, sick burn. Uh, Isn't he? I'm very yeah. tall. Uh, not for yeah. a man, you're not. For his age, probably. Oh, wait. How old are you? I'm 14. Oh, never mind. You're a child. I am oh. not a child. I... Sick burn, Bjorn. <laughs> Who are you? My name is Muster. And my new best friend. Yeah, your, your pal Freya here got into a spot of trouble back there. Are you wood? Hey, watch it. This is made of wood. You can't knock on people, kid. I know you're 14 and you're entering a new period of life where the rules are unclear and you need some guidance there. I'm going to help you out. Do you a favor. It's never knocking on people. That's never a thing that you can do. Even if I wasn't would, it'd be rude. Okay, so you're a talking possum. I've come to grips with that. Have you? That's fine. I think so. I mean, intellectually, probably, but emotionally, that's going to take you some not, time. I didn't, I didn't know it. This whole magic thing went along with sentient, inorganic creatures as well. So oh, I no, just, she's I'm just wood. catching up. That's organic. It's dead. Wow. I'm not dead. Well, what a not, thing to say to somebody are you a zombie? who's clearly alive and talking. Where are we going? Uh, Home, out of the out of here. Oh, so you're not going to the front then? Well, we might. We, you know, there's probably a couple basic stops that we need to make before we go home or out of here or any of those things. The, the um, front of what? The front. 
of... The front. The war? Where have you been? What war? The war. Which war? The war. Is he always like this? Yeah, he's really hard to get along with sometimes. I beg... What? No. I'm not hard to get... I'm very personable. You haven't heard about the war? He asks a lot of questions. Which one? The war. There's a lot of them. Oh, and you're a soldier, so you know that. No, I'm not. I'm not a soldier. What are you? I'm a poet. No. A uh, what? I, I'm not. I'm, I'm nothing. Um, well, don't say wolf that. Wolf kid. Yikes. <laughs> don't wow. Say, don't say that, dear. Everybody's something. Whatever. And we see Bjorn turn around. He takes the uh, the hood of his hoodie and puts it over his head and puts his hands in his in in the middle that little middle pocket thing let's just keep going was it something i said it really probably but also you could say anything that's true everybody i would like you to roll 1d6 okay uh we'll start with you darlin what did you get that's a five um that's that was That was good. <laughs> that was good. We're going to we go to the big board. And uh, I see it up the on cube. the board. We did it. Uh, okay. You got a five? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think we all rolled a five. I rolled, I rolled a, five. a five. I rolled a five. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> wow. Is that good? Okay. So, uh, I think it means we win. Uh, we won the whole game. We're creating a hollow here. It is going to be known for culture. It is currently evening and the weather is getting colder then this town is going to be full of fish. I am going to need some more rolls. Mel and Drew just rolled together. Drew, what was your result? Mine was a five. Yours. <laughs> Good. This is going to be called Maple Whisper. Allie, you just rolled? I got a four. All right. It is who reside in watercrafts. Okay, that makes sense. So this is fish who live in watercrafts, and they love celebrating. Nice. Um, <laughs> so let's describe this place together. We're, we're coming out of the night, the eternal night of the wood, to an evening time. Uh, this is a time where the pumpkin in the sky is still orange, but there is more shadow that falls across the body of its pumpkin flesh. Uh, it is a dark and musty orange, while the light inside is still a flickering yellow orange. Uh, and the sky above, maybe there are one or two stars. Uh, that sky is mostly yellow and, and dusty orange as well, with just a hint of of midnight blue, darker blue. And I think stretched out in front of us, we see Maple Whisper. I feel like it's downhill of us. So we can kind of look down and see this coastline. Um, and it's cold, so we can like see our breath as we breathe. But we see uh, outside of this cold kind of rocky coast, there's this little patch of light that is Maple Whisper. I think it is a series of docks, kind Mm -hmm. of interconnected with some houseboats, Um, but it's pretty obvious that the infrastructure isn't as robust above water as it is below. Yeah. um, 
I, I feel like in these houseboats are almost like the entrance to places. Like you'll walk into the houseboats and like maybe they'll have like an open bottom. You dive in and can swim below to um, the, the, the domicile within. Um, but like we can see lanterns out on all of these houseboats. Like um, people are out. Uh, they have like Weber grills and they are frying up uh, stuff to eat. Um, I, I think like we can see a catfish man uh, who's like wearing like overall like denim overall suspenders and they have like a straw hat using like their their fins as as an arm to flip over on the grill like just just some shrimp that have been skewered through um and their other fin they have a a uh, light uh, adult beverage like clutched <laughs> and they're they're just sipping on that question if yes. it's shrimp does that make them cannibals well, I don't know. Is a fish a shrimp? I don't know. But that's all like underwater life. It is all underwater life, but we also do eat land animals. That's so true. I am I'm gonna give these fish people a pass. I did stop to think about do I want these fish people to eating eat fish? fish? I really thought about it. Can we have some vegetarian options? Maybe some seaweed on the side? Sure, sure. Cool, cool. Okay. Um uh, yeah, I, I think like there's a hot dog equivalent. Well, obviously we need hot, have hot dogs dog. to be here. Mm -hmm. Um, we do see like a, a, a sea life Chicago dog that has like algae on top of it. It's got algae. What else? What other sea stuff? Is it like snails? Yeah. It's got like algae grated snail, like, like Ugh. grated snail. And something pickled, like a pickled sponge. Pickled kelp? Or yeah, kelp, pickled, kelp. pickled, pickled kelp, and, and and pickled kelp up there. So yeah. you know, it's got the, it's got that feel of like like a Chicago dog where it is just oh, and I guess some some taro, some like you know, water waterborne plant that's been chopped up and thrown on there. So it's it's a whole salad just on top of what looks like a hot dog. Yeah, but people are are eating like it is that perfect evening time where the glow of lanterns makes things feel warm, even though the weather is turning them more chilled. This episode of One Shot features music from the following artists. Into the Unknown by Hill. Hollow by Wicked Cinema. Imperial by Lincoln Davis. Folkomania by Avocado Junkie, Moonlight by Lewis Lotman, and Take It Easy by Reveille. This episode of One Shot was edited and sound designed by Tracy Barnett. You can find more of their work online, anywhere, at The Other Tracy. Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry. We'll be back next week with more Babes in the Woods. In the meantime, if you're looking for other great gaming shows, be sure to check out one of the other programs in the One Shot Network, like System Mastery. System Mastery is a delightful stroll through the history of role-playing games. Except the games are terrible and the hosts are real jerks about everything. Join hosts Jeff and John as they explore the weirdest games ever made to talk about what worked, what went wrong, and which Silverhawk was the best.
it was Hot Wing. You can find their shows at systemmasterypodcast.com or through a link on the OneShot website. Finally. As always, we end one shot with a call to action. Heroes, I'd like to urge you to go out and call your representatives. Calling a representative is a great way to directly advocate for an issue. It's a way that many elected officials keep a temperature of what their constituents are looking for, and because not many people do it, an individual caller can make a huge difference. When I call my representatives, I use a site called fivecalls.org. That's the number five, calls.org. There you can find a list of issue summaries from around the country, along with contact information for your reps and scripts to read while you're on the phone to help you get your message across. Calling is quick, and it can make a vital difference. Thanks, heroes. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network, in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. love Star Wars but kind of wish you didn't? Then join us on the Expounded Universe podcast as we read through all the old Star Wars novels that took the galaxy far, far away that you know and love and turned it into a place where Han Solo can punch a giant otter and Luke Skywalker almost gets eaten by a giant gold-plated pillar of Dinty Moore beef stew. Did you like Princess Leia? Well, too bad! Now she's a space racist! Don't believe me? You'll just have to listen to find out on Expounded Universe.